Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is season four, and it's called The Journey. Episode four, peace. Welcome back. This is the fourth episode in this new series. Today, we'll be exploring the topic of peace with Reverend Laura Bogner. I gave her four questions. We will discuss those today. The Journey series is a continuation of the book's teachings with more added life journeys and experiences to share. Peace seems to be elusive to many. I have heard people say, if only I could get some peace and quiet, or if I could find five minutes of peace, I'd be able to hear myself think. Both suggesting that peace can only be obtained by shutting ourselves off from the rest of the world. That suggests peace is found in quiet or silence. This is probably one of the biggest misperceptions of peace. Peace resides in the mind. Peace in its truest form is something we have never seen or felt before. It has no comparison or likeness in this world. Peace comes when the past slips away and nothing else replaces it. Nothing. The mind is silenced and quiet, free from any thoughts of what came before now and what might happen after this moment. Anger, frustration, hurt, misery can never be a host to peace. Peace is where these feelings are not. There's a quote from the book that states, and I quote, forgive the world and you will understand that everything that God created cannot have an end and nothing he did not create is real. In this one sentence is our course explained. Today, I'll be talking with a reverend who is currently an associate pastor at Southside Worship Center in Ajax, Ontario. She is affectionately known by our congregation as Pilo. Laura and I are cousins and have spent a fair part of our childhood together. We got older and started our families and I moved north (laughs) and we've seen little of each other until last year when we reconnected at my father's 80th birthday celebration. So welcome, Laura. So I sent you these four questions and I wanted you to share your insight and experiences on them. So we'll start with the first one. Do you think peace is possible in this world? The short answer, yes. But when we talk about peace in the world, it can be circumstantial. Peace in this world means when we think of peace, we think of a lack of conflict, no more war. There's no battle with our neighbors, no confrontations with our family or our friends. We think it's, we look at the circumstances around us and the peace is determined on those circumstances. I believe when we search for peace within this world, we find small moments of peace because it's completely, again, dependent upon our circumstances, our emotions, and what we see around us. So the second question I sent to you is, what is the peace of God? For me, that is something that is offered more than the world. It is Um, God's peace is something that sustains us no matter what our circumstances looks like. God's peace is experienced beyond our reasoning and beyond those circumstances. There is the uh, knowledge portion of that peace, a confidence in knowing that we have someone to talk to, to share um, our situation with. It's a knowledge of knowing that God never leaves us to deal with this on our own. But it's more than that, too. God's peace is that moment that doesn't make sense how I keep going. It's that feeling that the strength that you have found in you is not your own. 
And it's something that surpasses all human understanding. And yet there's something inside you. It's a moment I call the, I know that I know that I know it's outside of me yet inside of me. It's um, from God, but it resides inside of me through him. It is having peace in times where having peace makes no sense. All around us, there's stress, depression, fear, worry. But when we can have God's peace in the midst of all of this, no matter how stormy our lives get, we can have a feeling of inner peace and calm that exceeds any fix that the world can try and give us. Laura and I were talking just before we started um, recording, and we were talking about, you know, it's it's really about clearing our minds because we are so overloaded by what's going on in the world right now, and our minds can't seem to, uh, you know, find that peace and find that quiet, but we do have the ability to do it. It's a choice thing, and it's up to us whether or not we choose to let some of that stuff go so that we can let peace in. So, Laura, the third question I asked was, do you think peace is a necessary or key element to life in this world? I think it is more vital than ever in the midst of all that is going on. So, yes, it is a key element to life in this world. It's part of our survival, I could even stress. We all face difficulties in relationships, and some of those leave us emotionally exhausted. During this pandemic, we are seeing anxiety and depression reach all-time highs, and the political climate right now, it keeps growing increasingly hostile. I know that I have to, for me personally, remind myself to keep my eyes on God and His faithfulness instead of the overwhelming circumstances around me. The peace of God keeps life's, life's challenges from paralyzing us, from keeping us from life. God's peace doesn't make our problems go away. It's not the, it's, it's gone, it's going to go away, but it helps us keep our perspective focused on Him and focused on hope and endurance through our circumstances. I mean, an example would be um, in scriptures. We talk about, um, many of you may have heard the story, even if you don't read the scriptures, of Jesus walking on water. Many refer to it. There's a time when he's walking on water that Peter's in the boat wanting to walk out towards Jesus. And he gets out of the boat. He's very excited at first to get out. But once he gets out on the water, he starts, his focus changes not to walking towards Jesus, but he's seeing the storm around him and the waves crashing and he begins to sink. And it's Jesus who calls out and reaches out to Peter and talks about his faith and what it is is more his focus. His focus went off God and on to his circumstances where he lost that confidence, that hope, that peace that he initially had when he initially stepped outside the boat. So when we keep our focus on the possibility, the hope of peace that comes from God, the circumstances, no matter how big the storm is, you can get through knowing that you're going to have that peace even in the storms. So then the last question I put your way is, what is your experience with peace? For me, 
the most vital thing, and it's become important in ministry for me as a pastor, is I find peace in his voice. His voice has been so important. And yes, I do mean his voice. Not something I believe, not just my knowledge that God can bring peace, but hearing him speak to me. And whether I hear his voice through scripture, I see it in nature, whether he gives me a dream or a vision or a picture of what's going on, or he uses other people to speak to my life that I know comes from him. When I hear that, I know deep in my spirit, as soon as I hear his voice, anything I am overwhelmed by is just set aside and his peace overcomes me. God's peace is deep, a deep, confident assurance that he is active and living in my life, that we are connected, that there is something more beyond myself, but that together we get through this. And whatever life throws at me, I know he's aware. I know he's with me. He's moving actively around me and in my circumstances, and he's speaking life into me. And so I know there's a verse that um, I love that is in the book of John in scriptures. It says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. And I just want to say that sometimes when I read these scriptures, I actually change it and take out the you and put my name as if God, because to me, scriptures is God's love letter to me. And so it not only speaks, but it can speak deep right into that thing I'm going through at the time. So when I say it again, it's, I leave the gift of peace with you, Laura, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace for you. Laura, don't yield to fear or be troubled in your heart. Instead, be courageous. And it gives me the hope and the knowledge of knowing that I can have peace no matter what I'm going through at the time. I know myself and you and I have spoken about this, that I also, you know, hear the voice. And we talked about, you know, whether we call it God or we call it the Holy Spirit or we call it Jesus, which we know that they are all one. Um, it's important that we're listening and that we're following that guidance because that guidance leads us to peace. And that's what we're looking for. So that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you for your insight on this topic. I hope you'll share again. And I'm going to present you with another topic that we'll discuss in the not too distant future. But before we are finished, I'd like you to share a story and experience you had. Um, and you've shared this with me, and I'd like you to share it with my listeners. And it's about you teaching children how to hear God's voice. So they have to hear this, Laura, because it's a lovely story. So as I say, a big part of my ministry, I think that what really connects us to a living God because God is alive and, and living in us, is teaching them how to hear his voice, and, uh, and young children especially. But then there is, um, so I teach eight ways, 
and I know there's more, so please hear me. I, I teach them eight ways, and I've already mentioned a few through his word, through nature, through other people that God will say, Laura, I just really feel that God is saying this, and I'm feeling to pray for you, or they call me up going, I just had this feeling like I should pray for you. Is something going on? We've had those moments. Um, and so I teach kids, and one of the ways I teach them is visually where they might have a daydream or a, a vision, or if they close their eyes, they see a picture. And when I teach children, I want to give them the experience, the, the let's try that now. So I'm not up there like a teacher. I'm giving them the experience in a way that children will understand. So when we're talking about hearing God in our mind, we teach them in our mind or having a vision, I get them to find their quiet spot with God. So they lay down, they might sit, they all fight for a place under a table, under a chair, in the hidden spots. So some kids I don't see, but I ask them if they want to play a game with God. And so these children are in their quiet place. I have some quiet instrumental. And I said, who wants to play a game with God? And I asked them, now, some of you might think that's really different, but that's what God showed me to ask them, and kids can relate to that. And what I do is I get children to find that quiet space with God, visualize it in their mind where they are. Maybe they're lying on the ground or swinging on a swing with God or talking on the dock beside a lake. They just kind of picture themselves in a quiet place. Then I ask them to ask God what game he wants to play. And then when they hear a game in their mind or they see it in their, with their eyes closed, they see something. I ask them, as soon as you know what that game is, I want you to ask God, why do you want to play that game? And it's an interesting question, but it kind of confirms to them that game. I don't want them to just stop and say, God wanted to play Monopoly and then not understand what God was trying to say to them. So many of the responses, so when I did this the very first time, and I argued with God going, are you kidding me? I'm going to ask children this. I was at a conference, and it was a conference uh, with children. And it's interesting that the person that brought me in thought, where is she going with this, and was a little worried. But when she heard the responses, she says, I couldn't argue with what was going on, with what, what God was doing. And so when I asked the children, I gave them only a short time of like five, 10 minutes. Um, and for some, it was the hearing for the first time. So when I asked them, some kids' response was one child said, um, God asked me to play on the monkey bars with them. And I said, okay, when you ask God why, what did God say? And this little child who had to be about seven years old said, God, wanted me to remember to hang on to him. And you can't teach children to say those things, nor did I ever think, because even I'm going, okay, God, I didn't even think of the monkey bars as a game. But these children said, another one um, talked about solitaire. And when I said, okay, and what did God say when you asked him why to play solitaire? He said, because he just wanted time alone with me. And so I remember practicing with my team this exercise, and I remember as I was praying for my team to hear God's voice, 
God said, Laura, aren't you going to ask me what game to play? And I said, um, I'm praying right now for my team. But again, that nagging at me, not nagging that God was nagging me, but again, that voice came and said, aren't you going to play a game with me? And so I did say, okay, God, what game do you want to play? And he said, patty cake. And my first response to God was, see, I should be praying for my team. It's hard to hear that patty cake. That doesn't even make sense to me because you're not going to ask me why. And I thought, okay, I need to be um, responsive to that. So I'm responding back to God. I said, okay, God, why do you want to play patty cake? And God looked at me, and I'll get emotional again because I still do, and it's been years. But he said to me, Laura, and I could visualize his hands touching my hands. And he said, Laura, you need to remember that I'm this close to you. I am right here. And I just remember weeping and just being overwhelmed by his peace. But hearing his voice will be one of the greatest ways we have that peace. I remember the first time you actually told me that story. I was I was in tears and and you're telling it again and it's still bringing up emotions for me because it's a great story and it really talks about how connected we are when we're young to God and how open we are to those things and when we get older we shut it up shut that out because we're so caught up with all the drama of life instead of the very simple things, right? That God is just saying, we can play a game. It can be as simple as that if you let me in. And I think that's the key to this whole thing today. Wow, what a great episode. Thank you so much. In two weeks, I'll be covering the topic of mind and spirit. Our minds are so powerful with so much potential to be more than who we are, just as we've stated, and to understand more than we choose to let in. The course talks about our split minds and the conflict between ego and spirit, that the separation began when we decided we would create an existence separate and unlike the one our father gave us. Thank you for listening. On Sunday, November 1st, I'll upload episode number five, Mind and Spirit, We will be exploring this topic with my dad, and I have given him four questions to ponder, and they are, what do you think of mind and spirit? Do you think that they are separate or one? Second, have you ever considered how much power our minds have? Third, when you hear the word spirit, what comes to mind? My dad was raised a Catholic, so I'm interested to know what he thinks um, spirit, what kind of role spirit plays in his life. And fourth, according to the course, the mind can be right-minded or wrong-minded, depending on the voice to which it listens to. Right-minded listeners, uh, sorry, right-minded people listen to the spirit and wrong-minded listen to our egos. What are your thoughts on this? Those are the questions that my dad will answer in two weeks. Remember, this is our journey. Let us together find our way. Live in this moment, and it's the only place where peace is found. Always love, Denise and Laura. Have a wonderful day.